1: Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more.
2: Jump the gun on I that know. music. It's okay. No. I didn't have it. my thoughts quite in order, and I had something I really wanted to start with and rant about, but I'm not going to. Do you know what it is? I'd actually have no idea now. Oh, it's man. Okay. That music is a nice little coverall <laughs> to just wipe the whole world clean in my brain. So, if you
3: if you know it though, if it pops in your head, just go ahead. Just interrupt the show. You, I'm thinking, you're gonna do you it anyways. Let's I'm just do saying, this.
2: let's start with silence until I think of it. That is what really
3: 3, two, one g- <laughs> I wonder any. how long.
2: Oh, I don't care. I'll do it for 35 Carlos, minutes. Carlos so. just cut it.
3: There was no. Silence. I'm paid the same.
2: I'm paid the same amount of money. No <laughs> matter what happens here. Um, we're going to talk basketball. I, we got to talk football to start. That's what I want to open with at least to just briefly. And then can I do the rundown? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm bummed about the Pats. I started to get into this team as frustrating as they were this year. I thought the last week of the season, I was like, you know what? Mac Jones comes out as an, in, as incredibly high. He looks good in some, it still looks good in some, at some points. Perfect example. He does perfect example, by the way, of the, of the, card market, just the insanity over the past couple of years, about a year ago, his, uh, what was it? Just his plain Don Russ paper card, look this oh, up yep. in card ladder, mm-hmm. those PSA 10s. And we knew a buddy, my buddy, Eric sold one for 1900 and 2200. They are what? $30 now. At one point, the first couple of those, uh, $32. Yeah. What was the all time high on that? Can you find that? Wasn't it like three grand? Let's see. Oh man. Was it that? High? Oh my goodness. It, it was. was. Right? And that's vetted sales. that actually was paid for. Feedback was left. Um, Two sales at 3000 and over. Insane. And so we saw this Cinderella story. Mac comes out, leads that team to the play. Well, is on a team last year that makes the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And then like reality sets in the whole, we're starting with, pats talk just because i'm a bit of a homer it is what what it is i'm a bucks fan more than the pats fan though so it's not that much of a homer fair the pats then you know very mediocre they get blown out in the playoffs and very very mediocre this year to start for the majority of it but somehow and of course that max market just crashes i'm watching the game yesterday though and going into the fourth i was like you know what like this kid is gonna win a big game in Buffalo to clinch a playoff berth. And yeah, they're probably going to get blown out next week mm-hmm. when it's the same matchup because I think they would have played. I'm not positive what would have happened if they'd be at Buffalo or at Cincy. Either way, they're getting beat in the playoffs, but it's like yeah. the narrative would have been going into next week. Hey, yeah, we way overreacted and mm-hmm. hyped him up too much, but that cratering falloff was also an overreaction. Mac is playing really well. He's going to the playoffs again. What's going to happen next year, though? They got something to build on. Ramondre Stevenson. Or after stud. his turnover. Yeah, so then it's like a couple just horrendous – it's too bad because he played really, really well. And then Josh Allen made mistakes like he always does in big games, I find. But, yeah, he played awesome. Like I thought Mac was very good until – and then you let up two kick returns for touchdowns. I don't even know the last time that's happened in an NFL game. (laughs) So I thought the narrative coming into today was going to be like, hey, Mac might still be a thing. Like there could be something interesting here. Then they end up kind of just getting getting kicked in the end. But there uh, is still
3: a story for 2021 quarterbacks in general.
2: We'll get into that. Okay. Yeah, we can talk. You can do your You're whole just, rundown okay. now. I just, my whole thing with the Pats was there's no reason to be optimistic today. You missed okay. the playoffs. It's over. But next next year, you got Mack and Ramondre. Like, you have a, a great, excuse me, a very good quarterback, I think, potentially, because we saw steps this year, and a potentially a great running back. Stevenson can play. Like, that kid's a star. So... I'm not totally out on him, but I was disappointed. I was kind of excited today. Like, hey, there's a shot. And then they didn't win.
3: What was it? I don't know. Brady's performance in his first year or two.
2: Well, he came in. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. He comes in and replaces Drew Blood, So they go on a crazy win streak and they win the Super Bowl. So. So it's not that though. No. no, Brady won three in his first four <laughs> years. I mean, it's tough to tough to follow that act up with. I just
3: didn't know if there was ever a time where Brady was out on the field showing, you know, mediocre performance. Yeah, second year they missed
2: the playoffs. Win the Super Bowl, they missed the playoffs. the Next year go nine and seven. Yeah, but that's kind of it's still a hard comparison if you win the Super Bowl. Oh and yeah, you can't won. compare anything. Yeah, yeah, Brady's. But my overall hobby message here is, I think there's some. I think there are reasons to be optimistic in the off season. Give this thing a few months. I'd like to see where the Mac Jones market is, and and even the Stevenson market. This kid could be a top. I know I'm overreacting as a Pats fan, but if you look at what he does, not only running, but catching the ball, there's a shot. This kid's a top five, top 10 back next year. And He had like great numbers this year. I just think there's reasons to be optimistic. And if you're a fan of the hobby for the Pats, I think there's an opportunity in the offseason. I would just wait till things bottom out. Do whatever it is you want to do. Now. Yes. So
3: the rundown, we are going to continue our NFL playoff slash Super Bowl prediction talk uh, that's going to involve a few uh, cards as well, so stay tuned for that. Chris McGill from Card Ladder will be joining us. We're going to talk a little NBA as well as, uh, I guess, a little future predictions of what he feels the market's doing. Uh, Fanatics had some news. There's some really, this is not so- solid uh, news story as as it has not been verified by Tops, but we are going to talk about some uh, drama going on with Bowman Chrome and Bowman Draft. Then we got new releases. Then you got your mailbag. And now you got us going to
2: nope. big picture. Old Gosh, we're dancing, too late. It
3: was too It was too delayed. Your
2: hands move quicker now that you're working out.
3: <sighs> Thank you, I guess. I mean, I don't know. Look, You know why it is? I'm wearing my workout wedding ring, not the heavy one. I've so lost interest in this topic. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're going to hey, go. Wait, wait. Yes, wait. Please. How was your vacation?
2: It was great. We're going to go game by game. <laughs> we didn't even get to talk about it. We, we didn't will. banter. I think some—we're going to get to it. Okay, I that's think fine. some of these games have major, major hobby implications, um, and so we're going to talk about some of those. Okay. Uh, we're going to go right down the list. First of all, Seattle at San Francisco. Despite what you might think, I think this has zero hobby inclination unless San Francisco loses. Oh, if well, Brock yeah. wins, it's baked in. He, he needs to win a game or two, mm-hmm. and I think they will. I think they're coming out of the NFC. Seattle I don't think there's anything there
3: here's a question for you talking about Purdy though what was the last Super Bowl who was the last rookie quarterback to win a Super Bowl in their first year
2: Roethlisberger do you know the answer or you just asking me
3: I'm asking you I didn't know I didn't know if you would know because that's it seems like it would be a big deal I feel like it might have been Big Ben because I mean in this case this could be the next one though it
2: could have been Ben Man, I could be missing something obvious, but I don't think I'll I will do am. a quick search, but you keep going. Okay, so anyways, that game, again, if they win, I don't think it means anything because he's supposed to. If Seattle wins, it's a cool upset, but not enough to make Geno stuff really pop yet, more than it has. So I see almost nothing there. Minnesota and the Giants, of course, a home game for Minnesota is the three seed. I think this game has some. If the Giants win, I think Danny Dimes' market takes a nice bump. Like, I think if you're holding Danny and Saquon, if you're optimistic they're going to win— I think the time to sell is Monday after the victory. Like, that's it. I'm not holding on any hope for them long-term. Okay. I think they're a sell. For Minnesota, same thing as, as kind of San Francisco. I don't think anybody cares about Kirk Cousins, whether he wins or not. He has oh. to win more than one. And then Justin Jefferson's already the best receiver in football. But that price is kind of baked in with him, too. It would take more than them beating the Giants for there to be any positive holiday implications for the Vikings. Who do
3: you think is more affected, Kirk or Justin Jefferson, if they win? Because, I mean, we've already established that Kirk doesn't really Justin, have many cards out there. Because
2: no one cares about Kirk. Yeah, I mean, I guess Justin, but I don't think either one of them are. That's Kirk's my Kirk's never
3: been to a Super Bowl. He's one in three in the playoffs.
2: That's what I mean. I don't think this makes a difference. You're supposed to beat this team. You won 13 games. So I don't think there's any difference there. You don't think that people are going to jump on that train going into next year or anything? Oh, next year, maybe. But he's got to win two or three playoff games this year. That's what I'm saying. Well, this yeah. week, oh, I'm just, just talking about just, this week. I'm sorry. Okay. This week, I don't think there's anything okay. for them to do. The next one though is massive to me, the Cowboys at the Bucks. I, I man, and I'm I'm somebody who's hold my Brady stuff that I have left is not for sale, anyways. Mm-hmm. So I don't care from that standpoint. This is a weird game. In a perfect world, because here's the deal, I, I have a feeling this thing goes down in flames and just ruins the last twenty years of my life. Um, <laughs> it, I have other reasons this for optimism right now, but if great, Brady loses, <laughs> none of that will matter after this weekend. Um, Brady inside joke, Brady. In a perfect world to me, Brady, A, wins this game and gets like that one last victory. And then who cares? Like he had the one last moment. Or B, like leads a comeback. He almost wins. And he at least gives us that glimpse of like, hey, in the last five minutes of a game when you're down, he's still dangerous. I just don't need to see them get blown up by the Cowboys. And that's his last time on the field. I really don't. Of all the the trash bag organizations in the world that I hate, the Cowboys are close. And it's not any fault of their own. So hobby wise, if you, I I am saying this because I'm holding a bunch of Dak stuff. Okay. I think Dak is going to go into Tampa Bay and beat them. And if that happens, yes, it's only a first round game, but I do, I said this before and I stick by it. I think if the Cowboys, the whole storyline on, on this is a Monday night game, by the way, Tuesday morning, Mm -hmm. if that happens, I think the whole storyline is Dak dethrones Tom. Yes. It's a 45 year old Brady. Yeah. That team's been garbage this whole year. Anyways, the Bucs underperforming the whole season. But if Dak beats them, I think this just becomes a major headline. And the media loves the Cowboys anyways. Always have. But hasn't the story been that Dak
3: does not perform well under pressure where Tom... Exactly.
2: And that's why I think that that even plays more to this narrative. Like if he then finally goes in, the guy who can never get the big win, goes in and beats the guy who was the GOAT, especially in the playoffs. I think people could over way overreact on on Tuesday morning to him. Get that hair out of your
3: Hobby-wise, you think that... What, what
2: helps the hobby better? I think if Dak wins the game, it becomes a whole big thing. And then there's really? the, the Dak market, I think, takes over. But a there's big just jump. so
3: much Tom Brady out there. I feel like overall. But it doesn't matter.
2: He's cemented. He's the yeah. goat. It's over. And, and we all know, like, at this point, I think most people with a brain are like, yeah, I know the narrative of the last 20 years is, I say that word way too much, by the way. Just I know the storyline the last 20 years is Brady's the greatest clutch quarterback ever. Mm-hmm. That doesn't change. But it also, we're talking about a 45 year old now on a very mediocre team. Playing a team in Dallas that is much, much, that Dallas team is much more talented than them.
3: But how old? I mean, it's not like Dak Prescott is still a superstar, like rookie class quarterback.
2: No, but he's a star quarterback with a big market. If he beats Tom, I think this is a major thing for him in the hobby. I think it's a major bump. Okay. I do. And I don't think there's any, if Brady wins, I don't think it does anything. And if it, I think there's no impact on Brady either way, quite frankly.
3: So I don't want to refute the things you say, because honestly, you you, can try, you know a lot about sports. Um, So I did a little quick research. I asked the question, how many rookie quarterbacks have won a Super Bowl? The answer is Thanks. zero. Oh, none. Okay. So Ben zero. must have been second year. Ben, Joe Flacco and Mark Sanchez have all won uh, or I'm sorry, have all made the AFC or NFC championships as rookies, as rookies. However, only oh, that was Kurt Warner and Tom Brady have gotten to a super. Uh, I'm sorry, gotten to a Super Bowl or I'm sorry, won a Super Bowl as their first year as a starter, not a rookie, though.
2: Right. O four, the 04 season. I'm getting my years confused. 2004, Ben was drafted. They lost that AFC championship to Tom. That's when Brady went on to beat the Eagles. Okay. okay. That so, makes sense.
3: So if Purdy were to win this thing, he would be the first.
2: And no rookie quarterback has ever even been to the Super Bowl, you're saying? Yeah. Interesting. Okay.
3: Which would make, to me, just over that. If that happened, the hobby would absolutely explode for Purdy.
2: See, I disagree. What? Well, dude, his market is already... It's high, yes. I think all of that is baked in. He has to go to the Super Bowl. I think his baseline to not have an absolute crash is make the Super Bowl. Really? You don't think just one win in the the playoffs? No, that's why I just said it. They they could win this week and next week. I'm surprised. I don't think it means anything until at least... If his pricing was a little bit lower, maybe. We talked about two weeks ago, though. He's outselling card for card. Well, he's he's coming down some. But he's still outselling Herbert. He's outselling Burrow. He's outselling Trevor. He's outselling everybody if you go card for card. Some of that is because there's much less of his because he's irrelevant.
3: There's very few.
2: But dude, he's got to at least get there. Anything short of getting there, I think we see a big drop. Getting there, okay. Play very good and win. Maybe there's a bump. And even then, short-lived because I think people still look at it after the fact. Come March 1st. Yeah, he won a Super Bowl. Yeah, he's a good young quarterback, first rookie to ever do it. Mm -hmm. He's priced higher than everybody else in the history of this game at this point. I think there's still a drop no matter what.
3: I would like to see what his value is. If, say, even he won, I would like to see if the cards in, say, Prism next year, when when they finally come out, if they're actually as high, if you could compare those to the Justin Herberts and Joe Burrows out there. Cause I saying his prism rookie later. Yeah, the, I got you. Yeah, exactly.
2: Oh, that would be interesting cuz it'll be after the fact the season will be gone. Yes. Then what is it? Okay, that's fair. So,
3: anyways, but it is still just uh, just an interesting note. Wanted to go back to that. We can go over to uh
2: Yeah, last three games in the AFC. Yep. Uh Buffalo, this is a major major on one side. If Tua plays, which is a big if, Carlos has his little fingers crossed there. He's pumped. <laughs> I agree with what Carlos said off air that if Tua plays, they got a shot. Um if Buffalo wins, it's a nothing story. It, Again, Allen has to win more than a, a wild card to do anything for his market. Okay. But if Tua somehow plays and wins in Buffalo, that's, that's a major, major thing. And quite frankly, based on what I saw yesterday with the Pats and I, again, I know everybody's in love with, with Allen and I think he's unbelievably talented. He made a couple throws yesterday that like five other people in the history of the game ever make he, he's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I still don't trust him to win big, big playoff games. I also don't view this as a big game yet. I don't know that Tua is going to be the Tua who had a winning record this year. Yeah, coming off his forty seventh concussion in the last nine hours. Yeah, Um, but if so, if Buffalo wins, whatever, nothing. If Miami wins and Tua plays, major, major hobby news. The next game, same thing. Cincy, uh, Baltimore's at Cincy. If Cincy wins, good. But we've seen this out of Joe. There's no hobby movement there, in my opinion. If Lamar Jackson, look this up and see if he's going to play by the, or Carlos, if you know, I'm curious if Lamar Jackson is playing next week. Seemed yesterday. It was totally questionable. If Lamar plays and comes in, this is the same as Tua. If he comes in and beats Joe Burrow, Joe cool, Mr. Young, awesome clutch quarterback, which he is. I think Lamar's market takes a significant jump, which I think is great. They're saying truly do not know if he's going to play. Yeah, That's kind of what I've heard about Tua. So I think both of those are reliant. The only game this week that I think no matter what, there is a great positive hobby movement for somebody is the last game. The oh. Chargers at the Jags, I think, is major. Either way, somebody is getting their first win. Justin Herbert, who's been a hobby darling, mm-hmm. or Trevor Lawrence, who's been incredible the last two months. Like we watched that game against Tennessee this past week, Saturday mm-hmm. night. It's a big game. It. Like win and you're in, losing you're out. And the kid played unbelievable. Uh, he made some really, really good throws. So one way or the other, we're going to see one of those guys with a big win. I think it helps one of those.
3: Do you, That's But obviously it. it helps
2: Lawrence more, right? No, I think it helps They're the same exact situation. Neither one of them have been. Neither one of them made a playoff. Obviously, neither have a win. Whoever wins that game, it helps. I just would think that Justin
3: Herbert has, I don't know. Like I, I Lawrence has fallen quite a bit, and Herbert has not fallen uh as much he did fall but he's had a he's, little bit of a rebound a little bit but, so it but, just makes me think that lawrence gets the better kick
2: the difference though is if herbert wins it and looks really good it's like hey we've been saying this yeah we cooled off on for a maybe he really is right yeah so that's okay. it the only other nfl story and then we can talk about uh, one other random thing before chris jumps on watching rogers and we've seen this narrative before i like the word narrative storyline carlos there's the episode name narrative <laughs> um is that you know a- after last season Rodgers was leaving he's going somewhere else um, I watched that thing yesterday. I know we're making a lot of a little. I forget who it was. The player for uh, Detroit comes up, says, hey, are we oh, going to exchange jerseys?" He's, he's like, hey, I'm going to hold on to this one. Then he had a pretty emotional walk out and then walk off with Randall Cobb. Like even at the end when they're walking out of the tunnel, leaving the field, the camera guy went to get in front of him. He's like, dude, get, he's like waves him away. He's got his arm around Cobb and vice versa. Yeah. I'm wondering if that was his last game in Green Bay. This is a narrative we're going to...
3: Which I mean, but that's the that's the same the thing. Next
2: time I say narrative, you hit that bleep button or you're fired. Nope. <laughs> not no, the one. Nope, hit the no. other one. Try it again.
3: No, it's try not. Another, try different one. Okay, I'm gonna try. It. This, hey, man, is I,
2: it, this is why we need to be back on YouTube. Watching those Jimmy's dance on the soundboard is impressive.
3: It's not that impressive when I can't actually get the. There, there you it is. go.
2: If I say the word, no, no, my point to you. You didn't, didn't do say it. you didn't say I know, the word. But I was setting you up. Narrative. Okay, go ahead. If I say the word, na- <laughs> set up terrible. the word. <laughs> um, so we're gonna hear about this story for the next four months. Like, I, I don't think anybody really cares, anybody knows anything, but it is kind of wild. If Rodgers goes to a team next year as a contender, I think it'd be unbelievable for his card market. But we are beyond speculating to even say that's gonna happen. That's it. I don't want to talk about football. It just anymore. makes it
3: the whole story though, if Rogers goes somewhere else, it reminds me of exactly what happened with Brady. And granted, Brady did go and win a Super Bowl, but Rogers isn't as good as Brady. I
2: mean I mean postseason, no, but he's coming off an MVP. I mean, as of last year. Yes, he had a step back he had this two year. Two MVPs, I think. He's got four total. I mean, the guy's unbelievable. If he goes to a contender, like a team that's already legit playing well, you can't tell me they're not top three to win the Super Bowl. But I mean,
3: him. to watch Aaron play this year, or excuse me, Rogers, it felt weird calling him don't by his do, Christian th- name. Don't do that again. Um to watch him play this year <laughs> would make me. <laughs> it would make me feel that this is not the Brady of of old. Yeah, but Brady in 20. Or I mean, not the Rodgers of old. But Brady me. in
2: 2019, they came off a. Oh, they came off the loss to the Titans. They look like garbage. Yeah, I mean, and then he left. I, he had a very average season. It, I, it was, I agree. Was that a, is actually similar to the. Oh, Aaron Rodgers this year, You're late. It's okay. You didn't say. That. So I don't mind. I'm curious what happens. Okay. Let's talk about another random thing now before we go basketball. Uh, Pick we went, any other thing on our on our on uh, our sheet here.
3: Uh, we went to Gatlinburg. <laughs> it's not on the sheet. Hey, did you Jesse, see what I did there? We weren't wants there. to
2: talk. It was fun. We just
3: uh, Did you enjoy was nice. your time? I I it was nice to de uh decompress a little bit. Not that everything was super stressful around this time, but it's nice. You didn't, you weren't on your phone constantly. I wasn't on my phone constantly. No. Well, you, if I was, then you were, nice. I was just trying to be Made nice. A great
2: effort to leave it down. I you did know that. too.
3: But anyways, nice to be with the family.
2: Got to walk I the streets, got some donuts. You did some dancing. Did a little Dancing. I enjoy taking, like, I took like two days in a row where I did nothing. Yeah. Card wise. I was pretty happy about it. I, I like to really just get away from it. Yeah, I, I had a fun time. Sucked not into a
3: couple of Facebook chats, and I, oh, that's yeah, my problem. I need to just stop. Oh yeah, we didn't yet. even
2: address that. The people last week that got upset, like you can't believe you're telling people to pump up eBay auctions. I stand by what I said. And, and by the way, I listen to a million different podcasts a week. I'll use Simmons because obviously he's like my podcast inspiration. In the whole, the whole first place. The reason this thing's a show.
1: God, like a Bill James says, Miriam. some stuff,
2: and I and I think to myself, I hate that take. What yeah. a stupid sub, whatever. And you know what I don't do stop listening. I just listened to everything. Cause I like to hear like things I don't agree with things. I do agree with the outrage in the card world though. When people hear something, I don't like, well, well to be fair. fair. It was
3: like three people mainly, oh, but yeah. I mean, still three
2: people live <laughs> in their parents. basement. It's
3: funny how three people, you can get praise from 60 people and then three people say something uh, opposite to it. And it's just like, that's all I can hear. That's all I can see. Yeah,
2: people got really worked up about like us encouraging people on eBay. So first of all, that wasn't the context. The context was people are trying to really cash in on DeMar cards. Take advantage and of, take of a advantage very bad a, situation. Yeah. Whereas other people went through legitimate charity, um, the, the legitimate charity, charity auction, listings yeah. and they sold for a ton of money and got paid for because eBay monitors those and great. But the guys who were trying to take advantage, like we were reading the listings live at, The time of the show, they were already bid. Before we said a word, people just bid them out of control because the community was like, you know what? We're going to make sure these don't get paid for. That'll happen before we ever said anything. I don't have any sympathy for you. And and I'm sick of the people after the fact. Well, you know, I mean, I was going to send it to charity anyways. A portion of it, right. A $3 card, you're now going to get $800 for, but you're sending 10% and you're a hero. I'm good. Like, I, I don't have any. I stand by it. I will double down on that take. Yeah, and I and I, my stance has not changed. It was what's the same beautiful.
3: With, is, it, is if someone doesn't agree with that take, that's fine too. Just
2: move on. But the thing that makes me, I just find it funny that people are like I don't like that take, so I wouldn't listen to the show again. What the want That was like one or two guys. you just want to listen to people that always agree with you? I find that boring. Um, but I double down on what I said. Someone like a Hank Aaron, a Bill Russell, something like that happens to an older person. Sure, I view it totally different. Do what you want. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Sell it, buy whatever. But a tragedy happens to a young guy. Yeah, my moral judgment, my moral compass. I can't believe you talk about this. We talk about everything. I think it's just stupid. to I, I think it's a greedy, scummy look to try to cash in then. I stand by that. I don't care. Go complain on Facebook and wear your sweatpants happily. What's the next subject? Oh, we I'm, got Chris coming on.
3: I made nachos in Gatlinburg.
2: Oh, we did do that. That was a big thing.
3: We did the tinfoil over the table. sandwich that Gatlinburg story. Tinfoil over the whole table. You've seen – i saw it, I've only seen it on TikTok before, but we gave it a shot. It's super easy. You just pour chips on a table. Mm-hmm. You pour your toppings on there, and then you just melt some cheese. Why don't you have a food podcast? Honestly? Dude, I mean, here's the thing about I know we making your own out of- melted cheese. Yep, You put cheese and milk into a boiling pot. Not even boiling, heated. And then it makes cheese sauce. Who knew it was that easy?
2: Well, the tough part is scrubbing out, which mean your wife had to do for the pan. Because well, God knows you I weren't cleaning it, that so. <laughs> Oh, yeah. The fact that you carried the one bag of trash <laughs> out yesterday. When we got in the car, I literally okay. told Hannah. I was like. Dear Lord. I told Hannah. I, was like, I know it super, said take all the trash. I was so happy. I told her. I was like, hey. Jesse always does the same song and dance where he happens to get up late. He's always the last it's one up the day true. we're leaving. He's the only one who takes like a long shower and gets ready. <laughs> oh but he comes out yesterday and he I carried the trash stop out. Stop
3: it. I hate you. you. It's a compliment. You purposely wake up so you can be the white knight, the hero. I'm going to wake up early. I'm going to do all this so I can blame Jesse for not doing it. I would have done
2: it. We had to be out of there by 10. There's no way you were we to that done. had
3: plenty.
2: Well, you had plenty of time. <laughs> <I'm happy>. My <laughs> point is you carried a bag and I was happy. And you did some- And you did some cooking. There's your button. The nacho thing was pretty cool.
3: There's your button. All right, Chris McGill's joining. Let's
2: talk some basketball.
1: This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com.
2: Well, we've got Chris here after blowing us off for six months. Um, some <laughs> of them <from> late <laughs> notice, by the way, Chris, anything to say for yourself in that regard? No, oh, welcome welcome to the show. I'm sorry. That's Chris I'm McGill from
3: Card Letter. For goodness sakes, if you're going to intro someone, use their full name and where they're from, Mike. He's I'm from sorry. Dallas.
2: Okay. <laughs>
0: Look, I mean, ever since you guys won Influencers of the Year, I've been intimidated to come onto this show.
2: I <laughs> knew he's holding on to this. He's joking. This is a thing. He's not happy. So, so look, I'm back, <laughs>
0: but uh, look, I'm nervous, a little intimidated. So just take it easy on me easy. Right, you look guys? like an
2: angel. You're clean shaven. You get the white light behind you. It's like a halo over him. I was gonna say I didn't know if he
3: changed something about his hair. That's what but, it is. Oh he man, he got rid it of it. Good, he didn't bro. change it.
0: He got
2: rid of it. It's the first
0: time I did any grooming in three months, as Mike astutely notices. Thank you. Well, so you I'll- look
2: solid, bro. Keep it up. Um, I do want to have a serious question. Then I have some things I want to rip them about. Can't imagine. There's this is some serious. cool new features. No, oh, no this, oh, is. this is real. card letter actually has some cool new. And again, card letter is a sponsor. We talk about, but this, these are two features I actually use. So I've been, I, I find them nice. The first is a little book thing next to the pop report. Yes. There's that. And there's the scanning. Yes. Could you tell us about these two things.
0: Yeah. Well, the little book thing is going to take you to a full blown pop report for whatever card you're looking at. And that was made possible by Gemrate, who we've collaborated with to do that. Oh, that's cool.
3: Now, is that a a work in progress, by the way? Because I noticed it's on some, but not all cards uh, where it's showing, you know, PSA, BGS, SGC, and CSG. It must
0: be. um, Or maybe the card you're looking at doesn't have a population report for all the different companies. That could be too. Oh, okay. Interesting. But like, let's say you're looking at the 89 Upper Deck Griffey, which is going to have, Every company will have graded it. You're gonna be able to see a lot of stuff. You're gonna be able to see how many, you know, SGC 10 pristines there are. You're gonna be able to see how many PSA 10s there are. You're gonna be see you're gonna be able to see how many of the total population got a PSA 10. What's the gem rate? And it's all neatly laid out for you on a screen. And then you can quickly click from one grade to the other if you wanna see, you know what The price information is on different grades.
3: I think, too, would be a cool feature is like if you put, like, maybe at the top, like, even though I'm looking at, say, an SGC 10 of a card, if you put the all like the gem of the total gem population of that card. So, if it's a 10 here, a 10 with PSA, a 9.5 with BGS, uh, like, I don't know, I think that would be a nice feature to be able to know exactly. Of all the cards out there, how many have actually been many have actually you do some math.
2: Yeah, I know. It's, I could do some math. My but. point with this, though, is I like this feature because, obviously, you know this, Chris. Like, pop has become a, a catchphrase in the hobby now, especially with new stuff. Like, hey, this card is only four months old. Super low pop, and people are trying to charge outrageous money. And it could be confusing in the past and difficult because, like, you know, there are only 91 PSA 10s. Maybe this is a really low pop card. The fact you could now just look at it and be like, oh, wait. That 91 is actually 170. Whatever, it changes. I, I think it's a, I, I do think this is a valuable tool um, for the collector. I was excited to see it.
0: It is. Uh, uh, two thoughts here. One, Jesse, not only is that a great idea, oh.
2: well, yes. it already
0: exists, it's already on there. Shut. What so great
2: idea? Useless power <laughs> of
0: observation.
3: Great, great <laughs> okay, idea. Look, you stole it from us because we do it.
0: <laughs> Maybe we can improve the layout.
3: Yeah, it needs to be bold and just say, "Jesse, look here." That way, everyone sees it. Um, no, it I is see a it now. Very good idea. And and like <laughs> and good. that
0: ties into point number two here, which is that I think Gemrate published that somewhere in the neighborhood of eight million sports cards were graded in twenty twenty two. And so that means if we're only looking at one pop report, we're not getting a full story of what the circulation for these cards might be. Whereas maybe before, you know, maybe one grading company specialized in one type of card. It's just not that way anymore. So that's, that's another thing is powerful about this feature is that you do get that number that Jesse alluded to. You, you can see how many have been graded across every company, but I, I say this, but I put a caveat on it. Which is that sometimes, especially for older cards, higher value cards, they get graded with one company. Oh, I don't like the grade. So I send it to another company. I don't like the grade. So I send it back. So sometimes population reports, they can be inflated. That'd be awesome if one day all the grading companies just decided, Hey,
3: we are going to report to you. If we have a crack, if we crack one, Hey, minus one out from that and go from there. That'd be really cool. Um, and then the other feature, the picture, I was just using it before we started. If you're on the app, you can now, if you're searching a card, you just hit the camera button. I know there's been like a number of apps who have been working on this. I, I found it to be, I was like, oh, I wonder, because I haven't, I hadn't even heard you guys were working on it. So I assumed like maybe it was rushed or something and it wasn't going to work great. It worked perfectly on every card
0: that I looked at. So good. good. No, I mean, uh, so this is where uh, we did something right. Because we didn't build the particular camera search technology ourselves. We went to people who are experts and industry leaders in camera searching technology and we partnered with them and they built it. (laughs) So yeah. So look, I mean they did an amazing job with the image recognition stuff. And I use it all the time. And like you don't even have to take a picture. Like it's nice, you know, oh, I just opened a box, whatever I take a picture, I look up the sales history of the card. But I do it with scans. Like, if I'm going through a memory lane auction, like they just had one end this weekend, and I'm like, I wonder what the price history of this card is. I just screenshot the card from their auction. I dump it into the the camera search feature, and I can get search results that way much faster. Oh, that's cool. Just typing it in by hand. Yeah, I
2: mean, basically, the narrative here, narrative, you're welcome. Uh, I've said that word 11 times now during the show. I'm supposed Uh, to
3: beep it. I keep missing it because I can't read his mind. So I'm sorry.
2: Thanks. Um, The whole story behind this, though, is that now, again, I just think it gives collectors more tools to educate yourself, because I do think that's what we've learned over the past two years. Like, If you don't educate yourself, you fall into hype and influencers and all the other crap in this hobby, and you just buy something because, and now it's like, no, this card has a pop of X, but the total pop is this, or hey, I can just identify a card quickly, find the comps, yada, yada, yada. I want to talk basketball, Chris. I want to talk about your ball. Let's have some fun now. We got the ball's. You have the got the work out the way. All right. Who do you hate in some no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right into it. we'll get right into it. Okay. Luca. For I want to talk about the all-star voting too, because the first returns are back. But your thoughts on Luca as and this is kind of surrounding the buildup of the question. Jesse asked me this last week. Every couple months, he has a good question. I thought this one was excellent. I don't like that. Do you <laughs> do you find Luca to be a good person to buy right now? And my answer was still no. I still think he's too expensive because I don't know what he does to live up to the hype, but I'm curious what you think. You're a, you're a native Dallas man, a Dallasonian.
3: Well, and to be fair, you guys, I know Christina does, but you also love Luca. Is that
0: true? Uh, love might even be putting it mildly. Too mildly. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. It's weird. So yeah.
2: Head to toe, <laughs> head to toe with Luca. For
0: him. <laughs> uh, I think that people who want to buy Luca cards like myself, are in a shitty predicament because on the one hand, his card prices are too high, way too high. But on the other hand, I mean, we want to collect his cards. You know, he's playing really well and et cetera. So I don't know, maybe there's some opportunity in the crevices of, you know, the hobby, lower end products, you know, stuff that gets overlooked. Maybe there's not as much of a risk of taking a beating on that stuff. But it is, it's just tough, man. You know, even last year, as the the market had pulled back significantly, he still has that logo man RPA from NT sell for three point one two million dollars. It's just like That's crazy, you know. Yeah. How do you has this ship just sailed? Like how do you get into collecting a player who's hasn't won an MVP, hasn't won a title? and already has a card worth over $3 million. because yeah, that's tough. my
2: fear, Chris. Like, what does he have to do to to hold his value? And my thing to Jesse was, like, dude, he's got a, it's not a playoff series. It's not two. I, I mean, maybe it's an unbelievable showing and losing the Western Conference, but I think that is like his, the absolute worst he could do and still hold some sort of value here is go to the Western Conference Finals and play great in a, in a losing effort. And that's not easy to do.
0: It's tough, man. Like, like look at uh so it's funny, Luca's and Mahomes' markets have both come down like thirty five percent over the last year. It's like all Mahomes has done is set the record for total yards in a season, gonna win another MVP, is on the team with the second best record in the league, and is a perennial Super Bowl threat.
2: <laughs> and and he's has won it. Yeah
0: and has won a Super Bowl and has been to another and was only able to be blocked by the goat. So I just, <laughs> I just don't know, man, you know, it's, it's tough. It's tricky. Uh, you know, but, but this is, this is market wide. Um, it's, it's pretty rare to find exceptions to this. And you know, matter of fact, let me just do that. Let me get this little bit off. Please Mike, please. cause you know, I always come with an agenda. He does. Oh. Let me get this little bit off here. I okay. swear all to right. God,
2: if he talks about Tatum, we we sign Chris right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jason, I don't know we Tatum. sign him to. No, uh,
0: all right. This is this is going to contextualize where we're at in the sports card market. So you got three major stock indices, and look. Apologies Ooh, in advance. Here to we people go. Yes, who get very upset when <laughs> cards get compared to stocks. We understand the differences. There are fees it's in cards, not instant liquidity. disclaimers aside, we're still going to make the comparison. All right. The Dow, which is like the blue chip index, is down 10% over last year. S&P 500, which is supposed to be kind of market-wide, is down 20%. And then you have the NASDAQ, which is heavily weighted towards tech stocks, is down 30%. 10, 20, 30. Blue chips, market-wide tech. All right. Got it. Over to cards. Over to cards. Okay. We have pre-war vintage, baseball, hockey. Okay. Those actually are up over the last year or flat. Then we have vintage, which is down 5%. So I'm going to put vintage in the Dow on the same plane, you know, 5%, 10%. You have card letter 50, which is market buy down 20%. Same as S&P 500, both down 20%. And then finally you have our answer to the tech or the growth stocks, which was like basketball, football, soccer, modern, ultra modern, all that stuff's down 35%. So there's a nice, uh, mirroring or a parallel structure here where you have like the blue chip stuff is down five to 10%. The industry-wide stuff is down 20%. And then the growth stuff and the tech stuff is down 30 to 40%. Like it's, it we're not, we're not like this crazy outlier. We're actually matching pretty well what's happening in bigger, m- more well-represented markets. Just, just some food for thought there. I Mike. like
3: that. I like that take it to, especially because you, when you think of blue chip, you think of something that's safer. And that's what we keep talking about vintage as being a little safer in the long term. And essentially, this is opposite with na- like the NASDAQ, that's where most of my 401k is invested. And uh, it's, uh, it's not been as sorry. good. Thank you, Michael. Um, but it is funny that I've never heard that take as far as comparing all of NBA baseball and basketball, or I'm sorry, and football to that because it is really the one that is the most looked after the most hype affects it. And therefore it's going to be, it's going to have a drop if everything else is dropping. But the opposite is true too, though. If the market starts coming back, yeah, that's the most, that's, that's the biggest win that's going to come mm-hmm. back hard. And that's why I keep, you know, we've talked about it over the last couple of months. Is like, when do you get in? Cause of course timing, the market is never advised in the stock world. And I would say the same for the, card world, timing the market can be very difficult to say, oh, I'm waiting till the bottom. Well, you may be at the bottom or it may still be coming, but either way, we are, we've are we seen a huge, like you said, 30% decrease. That's why I start to think like, is this just the time to go ahead and get in? Granted, we're never going to see 2021 spikes in most of these things, but to have like things, prices where they were maybe early to mid 2022, that's definitely not unreasonable. So- that's my type. That's my take to follow.
0: Well said, Jesse. It's also just like a little bit of comfort food, I think, yeah. just to kind of sit back and say, look, you know, we're not the only ones getting hammered. Like, put some context on this. A lot of stuff's getting hammered.
2: By the way, the pre-war stuff, I can absolutely attest to. I just sent all that whole lot of oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. I, so we, this a, I told it nine times, but Chris hasn't heard it. A buddy's kid's gymnastic teacher, like, handed him a shoebox, and it was all T20, is it T206? yes. Like Piedmonts from 1909 to 1911. So I was like, dude, I don't know if these are like somebody cut these out of a magazine or if they're real. <laughs> we sent them to SGC. They all all but one graded. One came back um, uh, altered. altered. But I sent them over to PC. They're actually up on auction now. And like three or four of them out of the 25 are already with like seven days left above the past sales. Oh, really? Yeah. So I started thinking. I wonder if people are doing what I'm doing, which is like, like I don't know what to buy for modern stuff that I want to hold for more than a week. If yeah. I buy it and I flip it quick, I don't care. But a lot of the other stuff, I'm like, eh, why would I risk it right now? I can sure. probably wait. So I've been going back. It's like, I'm going to buy something for my sets. I think a lot of people are doing that, which would kind of explain what we've seen. To so. hear that it's
3: above what the last sales are, Dude, that one is of pretty cool. One of them is like
2: 400 bucks already.
3: It, and it's so funny because like, it's I say it's pretty cool because in the last year, that wasn't the case. In most cases, like you're fortunate to get what it last sold at, yeah, yeah. maybe a little below. But it is so funny to think like, at the beginning of this podcast, you couldn't make a sale that was less than what the last thing that sold. No. Everything was above it. But yeah, it's well, a cool time. I mean,
0: the pre-war vintage thing is like, like, honestly, in the hobby, sometimes we're like passing ships in the night that don't even know each other exists. When you talk about different categories, you know, oh, I'm into football and basketball, modern players. I have no concept of what's going on with set collectors from the 50s and 60s, vintage baseball or something. But pre-war, pre-1945, that indexing card ladder is up 30% yeah. over oh, the last okay. year. And if you adjust that to how the market as a whole is performing, it's even more impressive. And, you know, 33 Gaudi stuff, the T206 Piedmont stuff. I'm not an expert in these categories. I have to learn about it on the fly as I research and like add these card profiles to to the card letter database, but it's, it's remarkable. And so, and and you say like, what does this mean for the broader market? Well, think about this. We don't publish these stats, but I'm going to give them here in an oh.
2: SCN exclusive. Oh, do we have a breaking news sound?
0: Emotional right 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 right. damage. First take it away. <laughs> with great consistency, the overall secondary market that we track, which is golden PWCC, all the big auction houses, eBay, my Slabs, with great consistency, there's roughly $200 million a month spent Two hundred million a month, and that hasn't changed. You can go back to March of 2022. You could go to September of 2022. You could go to December of 2022. That number stays consistent, even as prices on certain items come down. On most items, have come down. Prices in certain categories, like pre-war vintage, have come up. The amount of money being spent on the secondary market for sports cards, only singles stays consistent. It stays at 200 million. That's interesting.
3: That's really interesting. You, and what's really interesting too, is that it hasn't gone down. Um, especially if you're saying it was like that in March of last year, I would, I mean, ultimately you would think like, oh, if that number was increasing, it'd be good. But honestly, to stay flat in a market like this, I consider that a
0: very good thing. Me too, Jesse, me too. And you know, I wonder like, you know, it's been observed that there has been a glut of high-end items coming for sale, especially in the last quarter of 2022. You look at these incredible, you know, the golden elite auction, PwC premier auction, see six figure cards all over the place. And those cards have been coming down in value. So maybe it's just like, there's just this glut of them. And like, you know, people are spending more because there's more cards available, but or on the other hand, maybe there's just this $200 million. Well, that we can draw from every month. And the more cards we flood into the market, the less value each of those cards have. But if that supply ever pulls back, that $200 million is gonna have fewer cards to spread around to. We might see some price recovery, just a thought. All
2: right, so we kind of hit the market. I I wanted to end with this little segment. So uh, again, this is called the first returns, like the early voting for All-Stars. My contention last week, which I stand by, is we're gonna start seeing the football market at least start to cool off Overall, some guys are going to you win your playoff games, you keep advancing. Fantastic. But in general, half the teams are already gone because they're not making the playoffs. More than that, teams team's going to get eliminated every week. So I think we're going to see a, a slowdown there. Baseball prospecting is its own world. So I don't think there's any correlation to that. But baseball in general, it's the offseason a little bit quiet. So I think be, so I think we're going to start to see the attention really starting this week and going forward. More attention spill into the NBA. Whether that's true or not, we'll see. But let's just work off the contention that is true. Of that $200 million well. Can we work off the narrative that that's true? But <clears throat> The narrative is the narrative of basketball. And the narrative is, <laughs> there's narration here. And so that's the baseline. Like, hey, guys are going to start paying a little bit more attention. And especially with guys they think are going to make a run or going to be able to buy and flip or whatever. So I, I want to pull a couple names. Let's just do it like this. One through 10. One, you wouldn't spend a dime. 10, I would throw money at these guys because I think there's return. Oh. Uh, in the next four months. So between now and the finals. We're just talking about their hobby, not like. Just hobby. Yeah, yep, okay. Just hobby. And some guys I don't care. Like some of the really obvious guys I'm leaving off. LeBron, Curry, we talk about them all the time. Luke, you know. Um, but here's some other guys. The second highest vote getter in the, in the West for front court was Nikolai Jokic. They call him the Joker. Never a, heard of him, but it's a okay. Nickname. Chris will tell you he is statistically one of the greatest players of all time, and he's correct. Interesting. Simmons said he's better than. I think Simpson made a Larry Bird comparison. I, I almost quit. We're going to get fired. <laughs> no, he didn't say better than Bird. He said maybe better offensively. Oh, brother. Again, erroneous and egregious. Erroneous. Um, so I'm curious, like, where are you at with Joker? Joker oh, values. Well, first of all,
0: yeah. uh, it should be disclosed. I'm a huge Jokic collector. Minted as of a year or two ago. I I just became a huge fan. And I, as I look back, me and Christina moved to Dallas to watch the Mavericks. We should have gone to Denver. You know, they're twenty six and thirteen. They
2: look like they're gonna do it all this year. But <laughs> took to, I took them to win the championship. By the way, they're gonna beat the Celtics. No, no problem. Hmm. Interesting. We'll see. That that's a tough matchup
0: for anybody. The Celtics is, but yeah, I, Jokic. I mean, okay. Here's the thing though. Like, I was watching a break last night. Of uh, it was uh, Mamba Mamba breaks late last night on Instagram. And look, they were going through prison basketball 2019 20, and they got excited when a Trey Young Tiger Stripe came out. And they got a little bit excited when a Steve Nash green scope came out. And they got super excited for the Jordan Poole red scope rookie that came out. But of this prison choice break, the, the one guy that they, uh, a Jokic, uh, blue, yellow, green came out. And they were just like, Oh, Jokic, that's the MVP, you know, and then they just put it down. It was just like that kind of encapsulated where Jokic is in this hobby. He's respected. People know he's a great basketball player, but they're more excited for a Trey Young second year Tiger. So make of that what you will. But he, as a Jokic black I'm not ever expecting to see a day where him getting pulled, you know, makes the chat go wild in a book. Is there anything he could do? I'm asking
3: he both of a you. championship, But Where even then, he's different. got some he's stuff. Like, you've always said like big guys don't get the I was same kind say, of love. He's got
2: some stuff again. Here's a good example. It's a third-year card or fourth year card of his. But I bought a select green auto of his. I think it's numbered to 49. If that's anybody else, it's big money. I think it was $104. <laughs> and he doesn't sign that much. So that's, that's my point so with him. Confusing. On paper, it looks like, oh yeah, he's a great buy. I have him at a five. I think he's an okay buy, but I don't know that there comes a time when there's a big spike. I'm a five out of one to 10 on him.
0: I like that. I like five because you're probably not going to get killed on any Jokic cards, sure. uh, but you're also probably not going to see, you know, an Aaron judge four X over the course of the season type of thing either.
2: Okay. So we're a, a couple of guys real quick, Anthony Davis, I am a five on him as well. I think he's a glass, he's fragile. Out. sit. Oh, of course, yeah. the wind blew. He's out. <laughs> but I do think there's still this weird world where he comes back and they have some crazy, great showing and beat one team in the playoffs. I'm a five on him as well. I'm gonna go like a
0: three. Okay, because, a more cautious. Yeah, I'm more cautious because look, man, he was playing at an MVP level this season, and sprang, then all of a sudden he's
2: out. Yeah, he's out. He sprayed hey, his mama, ankle. He rolled his ankle in midair.
0: <laughs> like that know, was the I greatest against, injury <laughs> against Jokic too, I think he oh, doesn't play I, that defense that...
2: anyways, I mean how does that happen?
0: <laughs> what? So, so like that's the thing that would stress me out so much as a collector is like, I just want to watch, if I'm collecting an active player, I want to watch these guys games on league pass, yep. and if this guy's out for one to two months I guess
2: uh, okay, just, so you're low on Davis, what about yeah. Zion? I am actually a little high. I'm, I'm like a 7-8 on Zion, just because of how low his pricing is and that team right now is still, I mean, tied for the well, the third third best record in the West. I think there's a weird world he wins a playoff series and like stays kind of healthy.
0: Man, uh, one playoff series. This this team has been playing without some combination of McCollum, Ingram, and Zion for the whole year, dude. If they had full health, are they not the one seed? I think they would be contending for it quite quite closely. The, again, with Zion, you have the injury concerns. That would stress me out as a collector, uh, but he's such a special player. Like Zion is doing stuff in this league on such little NBA experience because of the because of the injury history that he's had. Like this guy, you just put him on the floor and he's like superstar level. Zion has the greatest true shooting percentage career figure of any player in NBA history. That's how efficient this guy is when he just steps on a floor.
3: He's currently voted number 4 for the front court in the west. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. I thought I didn't think you'd have that much love. People love him, yeah. But I mean yeah. everyone hated him just a few months ago, so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, everybody everybody was mad at him. Yeah. For their cards not being more valuable. Fair. But but people love Zion, but look, Zion is a risk reward equation. If your risk profile, if you can if you can tolerate a lot of risk, because, yeah, Zion absolutely explode in playoffs. You know, don't let the Pelicans get to Western Conference Finals. This hobby is going to be uh, very exciting. Okay. Almost made a crude metaphor. But- Thank you for cleaning it <sighs> up, for Chris, because you okay. A um, couple of
3: the
2: names Laurie nice. Markkinen, one through 10. By the way, uh, who is that? I saw that guy. I don't. <laughs> small, small forward for Utah. I came up with the Bulls, got traded away last year. Okay. Yeah.
0: Well, he had a rough go with the NBA until this season, and now he's absolutely exploded. I don't know if it's sustainable, Mike. I'm gonna Let me just put him one tick below Jokic. Let me put him at four, because I think it's a very similar equation to Jokic, but he just doesn't have any of the hardware or any of the accolades. So let's just see.
2: I'm like a one on him, only because his pricing recently has gone up, and I look at Utah, who's been on a, a... I mean, they started off unbelievably hot for whatever reason. Now they're out of the playoffs as of now. I don't like his upside, so eh, I'm kind of average there. Fair. Next guy... Fair. Uh, SGA, Shy Alexander Gilchrist. By the way, I'm a one on him as well. I think he's a great player, but his pricing is already solid, and that team stinks.
0: Dude, he had a card sell for almost $100,000, uh, an NT Emerald out of five RPA. I don't think that's wow. terrible,
2: though, because like if he ever gets traded to a contender, because I don't think you're bringing a star to Oklahoma City, like that guy becomes the number two on a championship-caliber team.
0: Fair. Uh, but he's I don't very, like him now. very good. No, I yeah, he's very very good, but I just <laughs> I don't know. Maybe Oklahoma City, you know, remember they've got Chet Holmgren waiting in the wings. Yeah, they've got a lot of picks. It's a longer term play. There's there's a real risk that he's not going to be worth what he is today six months from now in the hobby just because the energy will have dissipated at least temporarily. So if you're in for the long term, I give him like a six or a seven. But if oh, you're right. in for the short haul, two three range, just because it's I don't, I don't see how it gets any better. Like the, the Thunder don't even look like they're going to make a plan right now.
2: Yeah. Okay. I'm kind of, okay. Two more and I'm done. Uh, I'm going to tie these two together. The Nets boys, KD and Kyrie.
0: Man, you know, I really, uh, felt bad for the people who were, you know, harmed by Kyrie's comments. Let me just say that. So I Kyrie scares me a lot. And uh, but you know what? He is the number one, if I'm not mistaken, he's the number one boat getter among guards in the east, correct? Mm-hmm. The All yep. I mean, look, Kyrie has a fan base out there. Uh, Durant is playing an MVP level, but now he's out for a few weeks, which is annoying as a collector. But you said that, but you know, maybe it works out for the best. Maybe it becomes look, look the Warriors made that run last year in no small part. Because Curry missed several months, was able to be on fresh legs for the playoffs. Clay was coming back up, multi-year injury. He was fresh for the playoffs. And Draymond missed time, and he didn't play as, as heavy of a workload. It's like, if you can have fresh legs for the playoffs, that's such an advantage. If the Nets can somehow line up their injury luck, they've already proven they can rattle off 12 or 13 wins in a row or whatever it is. If they can get healthy at the right time, I like them. Durant's prices have fallen so low, Mike. Have you seen this
2: as well? Oh, that's the thing. So like I went in one of my famous moves in 2020, I bought uh, like 60 or 65 of those PSA nine tops, uh, the white White border, border. which, which again, I paid 400. I moved a bunch for 500. Now they're 50, 60 bucks, but that's my thing. But just to show you, he's a first ballot hall of famer today. If he retires, he's probably top 15 on almost anybody's board all time. They have the second best record in the entire NBA and he's the second vote getter behind only LeBron. Like at some point, I think people start to pay attention. And I do, and again, I'm not saying they ever get that card or any of his other cards get back to where they're at. I also famously bought two of his top's chrome PSA tens for six grand a piece. Sold one for eleven five. I still kept the other one. I think those were a thousand bucks now.
3: Just to go back, that white border, you know it's not fifty, sixty dollars though, right? The PSA ten.
2: It's a PS. Oh, it's a nine. I apologize. But the tops. But I do think at some point it's like, hey, wait, wait a minute. These guys could win in the like still a good team. So I'm I'm kind of a buy on both the Kyrie thing only because of his popularity. The fact that he was the I think he has the third. Yeah, he does. He has the third most votes of any guard in the NBA behind Luca and, and Steph is amazing. And KD, I thought everybody hated KD second most votes in the league. Fair man. I'm optimistic very, almost. Very
3: good. Yes, PSA bad.
2: 9 is at $37 right now. So <laughs> Yeah, they're selling Facebook all day for 50 bucks. One for, Yeah, they're $50 cards.
0: Uh, dude, the East though, man. I look at Cleveland, I look at Philadelphia, I look at obviously Boston, best record in the league, I look at Milwaukee, you know, I look at Brooklyn. Like the the East is tough. It's tougher than the West this year. The West, who in the West are you scared of? You know, Denver, Memphis, New Orleans, and Dallas are your top four. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, that's what but I've said would...
2: about Zion, dude. Like, if, if I told you right now in a series who beat Zion without any question, if, again, if the Pelicans are healthy, I think the Nuggets, I think, beat them. And I think the Warriors. I don't care that they're the seven, eight seed, whatever. I, I don't mess with them. Other than that, I think they have a 50-50 shot to beat any other team in the West right now.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Which is wild. Absolutely. Health permitting, I mean, we yep. haven't even seen these guys in full health. What does it look like when you have Valanchunas Ingram, Zion, McCollum in some combination of you know Jose Alvarado, Herb Jones, or Herb Jones or Trey? Murphy. I mean, this Larry Nance is like one of the great role players ever, and he's just chilling on this team. Like this team is built to win. I love the coach; they play hard for the coach.
2: I, yeah, think, I think I it's like, interesting.
0: I'm scared of the Pelicans, let's say that.
2: All right, let me throw a uh, last name at you because this guy we never talk about. Well, two, I'm sorry. I'm going to do two more. Donovan Mitchell, Tyrese Halliburton. One to 10, you're buying them with the intent to sell for a profit in the next four to six months. Where are you at on those guys?
0: You know, uh, Tyrese Halliburton is quickly becoming the new analytics darling. So Bleacher Report writer Andy Bailey does a tweet once a week where he looks at all the advanced numbers compiles them into an average of their rank in all of them. He looks at Raptor. He looks at ESPN real plus Miles, Looks at all of them, compiles them. Tyrese Halbert is fifth, fifth, the fifth best player in the NBA per the catch all metrics from Andy Bailey. That's ridiculous. That's prodigy level superstar Ascension.
2: And they're winning Maybe, five games above 500.
0: And nobody thought the Pacers we're going to be anywhere close to a playoff team this year. Uh, they've gotten some good contributions from Matherin and when Miles Turner is healthy and they've just got these guys who play hard. But like Tyrese Halliburton is a very sneaky potential superstar just waiting to be born. Uh, I like Halliburton as a potential guy to get in on now. Uh, I just worry that, like, will the Pacers be treading water for the foreseeable future? You know, is he going to have an opportunity to win? But he is a really special player, and the numbers bear it out, and that's when I really start paying attention, when the numbers are saying that this
2: guy's great. So maybe a better better long-term buy than a short-term? Probably. Like, yeah, okay. if
0: if I were to take a real interest in how, but I'm always thinking long-term anyway. You know, I, I'm I'm always thinking, like, who's a player that I could collect for the duration of their career and get a lot out of it? So I like, uh, I think
2: Hal Burns is pretty special. Who is the other player, Mike? So Spider, I'm so on the fence with Mitchell. He was so undervalued despite his numbers and performance and even the playoff appearances uh, for Utah. Now he's on Cleveland. They're 26 and 15. Again, the biggest negative against him is as, a, I mean, there's no world in my opinion. They're getting above the four. I mean, maybe the three seed, but either way, two, two, three, four, you're in trouble because you've got to go through two of those teams. Boston, Milwaukee, and the Nets. I, I, that is the killer for him, but we're also a long way off, and maybe they win a playoff series before that. He's talented. I, I don't know, though. I don't, I, I'm, almost, I'm almost cautious with him just because of that fact. And in 10 years from now, are we even talking about this kid as anything more than a top 10-ish type guy in his, in his own era? Never mind anything all time.
0: Well, <laughs> these are great points. Lameem James had a meme yesterday that had, you know, Devin Booker's 70-point game flirting. uh, Donovan Mitchell's 71-point game harassment. You know, for some (laughs) reason, Mitchell just isn't getting the same love and accolades that Booker got, even though what Mitchell did is far more impressive, especially because they won. It was this crazy comeback win, and and he shot an absurd percentage. Dude, Donovan Mitchell is the player that has pissed me off the most going to these Mavericks games. He poured in like 30 points in the first half against the Mavericks. And it was just, you know, just seeing him just absolutely shred us was bad for my health. (laughs) Whatever hair I had left uh, was, you know, falling out. And, I, I just, when a player is that deadly, and, and let's not forget, it's a small sample. Donovan Mitchell is one of the greatest playoff performers in NBA history.
2: Yeah, that back and forth with Jamal Murray a couple of years ago was ridiculous. This guy really can go
0: to another level. I think Cleveland is a very scary, capable team. It's just that they're young. And I don't know, his cards are cheap, man. His cards are, are low relative to some of the other stars in the league. I think he's a fringe MVP candidate, but he's just in in today's league. In order to be MVP, you need to do it all. You need to be getting a bunch of rebounds. You need to be dishing a bunch of assists. You need to be able to score. You need to do it on high efficiency. And like guys who are just like primarily scorers or you know primarily want, uh, you know playmakers, but you can't do it all. It's tough to get that MVP conversation. I think so. I don't know if he'll ever get to that, but he's just a special, special player, man. He's he's so when he's on. I don't know if there's anybody better.
2: Yeah, he's a great score. I like him. So, oh, well, there you go. We were in need of some hoge and some in and, and need of some NBA talk. So I feel like you've sustained both of those. Oh, it felt really good. I don't think we should talk until February. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's fair. Chris, we appreciate the time, man. Good stuff. Appreciate the, Yeah, the new features, too. Like I said, I want to highlight some of those because we've actually been using them. And then, uh, yeah, a little NBA talk never hurt anybody.
0: Thanks, guys. Thank you, sir. Oh, hey, oh, who did you? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Who are you guys predicting for uh, Super Bowl champs, by the way? Whenever oh, you even got into that. Oh, yeah. Jesse, do you oh. have one? Oh, I don't. Uh, I wanted to
3: NFL talk a couple football. things NFL out. is
2: football, by the way. <laughs> oh, well, then no, I don't. Let's talk about real quick. Go ahead. Well, two more minutes. Go. <sighs> okay. Um, I don't know why
3: it's No, 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 no. no. Because I have a real... I'm letting my heart make decisions when I've always said I would never do that. I'm strictly yeah, a stats I would, man. I would not trust that. Uh, that is one <laughs> or... A, that's a hurtful statement. I'm a Chiefs to guy, that. by
2: the way, just to be get that up quick. Yes,
3: right. uh, I am a mm-hmm. Burrow fan, and I do think he is going to do something. I think it's going to be Burrow and Against. Purdy.
2: You're going Cincy, San Francisco. Okay, so two for San Francisco. Chris gave a condescending laugh, as he often does. Chris, your pick. Uh, I don't see
0: uh, B.C. Brock. Uh, being able to go all the way. And I wow. want the Niners to go all the way as a big McCaffrey collector and fan. I'd love to see oh, I that I forgot happen. about
2: that. That's right.
0: I, I don't think they're going to be able to do it primarily because of the QB. Okay. Uh, I think the Eagles are, this suddenly became this underrated, you know, Zamboni, just able to roll over anything in his path.
3: I don't know. Hertz uh, like has Eagles. been injured and he hasn't, ever since he was injured, he hasn't played as well. That's what whoa, made whoa, me whoa. nervous about
0: We're
2: not criticizing picks here. I'm just I'm <laughs> just
3: saying no, you like, I, that's like, the no. only
0: reason why I didn't go with the Eagles myself. But fair, yeah, fair, fair. But Minshew proved that hurts is so indispensable. To that team 14 yes. and one with Jalen Hurts and starting as a starting quarterback. I think they are so tough. I He's like them. Out of the He's going bills. Out, of the, out of the AFC. <laughs> I like the Bengals. Oh, i, like okay. I Bengals, a Bengal fan. The Chiefs. In the Patrick Mahomes era, are 0-3 against Joe Burrow. Like, I know.
2: how does that happen? What the hell is going on This so I don't your, even the Vikings. Who are your winners, by the way? So I think the Chiefs win it all. Are you two taking sure. Joe to win it all this year? Both of you? Uh, no, give me the Eagles. Okay. I like the Eagles. Jesse? Oh. Yes. Joe? yeah. So Cincy, Philly. We have to make this interesting. There has to be a consequence to whoever's right and wrong here. We'll come up with some details. Oh, next time we talk. It'll be February. It'll be about the Super Bowl. Yeah. Perfect time. We'll be able to laugh
0: it out. Dumb all of our picks work. <laughs>
2: it's None gonna of be, our teams it's gonna are. Be, uh, it's going to be Trevor Lawrence against <laughs> oh, Danny it. Dimes. Oh, I would oh. love it. All right. Chris Hoge from Card Ladder. Thank you, buddy. Good to talk to you, man. Never even got into the real topic we wanted him on here for is if sharing a hotel bed, you go head to toe. <laughs> that didn't make its way in. Funny. The off air doesn't always spill into the on air. That's, and that's okay. okay. Maybe it's meant to be. That's fair. Okay. There's no win with you because you snore. So it doesn't matter. I have the snore guard, bro. the same it's room. Helped. I've lost. That's
3: why we were adults. I wasn't so we wearing, the snore, room, I wasn't wearing the snore guard on the trip.
2: Okay. Uh, we do need to talk about the fanatics thing with candy digital. Yeah. Um, so if you guys weren't aware
3: last week, uh Fanatic sold off their 60% stake their majority stake in Candy Digital uh their NFT platform. I I think what's the really interesting news are some of the comments that Ruben made which Ruben's like a uh is he, he New York guy or Boston? He's not Boston, is he? I have he? no
2: idea. I thought he was a Philly guy.
3: Well, I know he's a Northeast guy. So we'll just okay, say that. So he's a very uh very similar to Mike, opinionated to the point where they don't fear any consequence of the comments they make, even though their position is very high up. Um, He was just basically blasting NFTs. It it made me think like if it was his choice to do over again, well, of course he probably would not have gotten into NFT business knowing where they're at, but I don't know how interested he ever was in them or how how much he wanted to get into that business based on some of these comments. So I'll, I'll just read a few of them. So his first one just says, this one's the more neutral it's the you know the PC answer it says divesting our ownership stake at this time allowed us to ensure investors were able to recoup most of their investment via cash or additional shares and fanatics a favorable outcome for investors especially in an imploding nft market that has seen precipitous drops in both transaction volumes and prices for standalone nfts which is
2: true I mean there's no denying that and that's I mean you're
3: right there is no denying it it's just funny to hear the CEO of this company just come out and blast. And if they usually you see CEOs be a little bit more like groomed as far as some of their statements, they're, they're never, they don't take like a real hard stance on almost anything, but I like it.
2: Actually, I actually, you knew I, you knew I would. I, well, and I
3: actually do <laughs> like it too, just to be clear. Cause I do like the, the transparency and that's one of the things, you know, I like about most new, new Englanders is they don't have a problem speaking their mind. Um, I don't have to guess. And the, so you, he goes on to say, um, over the past year has become clear that NFTs are unlikely to be sustainable or profitable as a standalone business. Okay,
2: now this, let me dive into this for just a second. Well,
3: I was going to as well, but
2: go ahead. Yes. This is interesting to me because we've done work with both candy and with Panini NFTs. Here's the the major difference I've seen. Yes. The candy stuff, like their packs and, and specifically their cards, mm-hmm. don't mirror physical products. Correct. Like they're just random. Just, which, yep. I hate, I like candy. I actually like the guys we worked with over there. But like with with Panini, it was, hey, well, first of all, there were tie-ins too. There'd be a blockchain card in the physical product, mm-hmm. which cool, maybe bring some physical guys over. But even if you were strictly an NFT guy, it was, okay, here's the National Treasures basketball NFT. Yes. Here's the Prism. I don't know why Tops and Candy never had a marriage of brands. It was weird. I, mm-hmm. That part, I never- it
3: was funny, too, when we talked to the candy people, it did seem like, you know, the left hand didn't know what the right was doing. There was no real connection in those departments yeah. as far as like, oh, hey, could we, you know, associate this with that physical card? And it was like, oh, uh, who do we like? They don't even know exactly who to talk to about it. Was it was a you bit know? strange.
2: Yeah. Like, I think, Panini say what you want. And if you don't like NFTs, by the way, fine. I don't care. I've opened a thousand packs now. I don't like it anywhere near as much as I like physical. But I actually kind of like it because I'm looking at it. I'm like, oh, this is the optic card of this guy. Whatever. Exactly. I'll mess with it. And I think in that case it can, although I guess that isn't standing alone. Then if it's based on a physical, but like I see those living on, but it well, was tough with this mod. I just, I didn't, I never got it. I the, don't know.
3: The big difference too, is that, and you know, I, I may be out of the loop for candy. Uh, I know that for a fact, Panini had a Put market the knife down. I know for a fact that Panini NFTs have a market. <laughs> And they've had a market Correct. and that they can be sold in the aftermarket, not just like, uh, but n- not just opening a pack, but you can go out to their auction platform and sell them for good money. I've never heard of like, huge bounties with candy, or if they were, they were much more limited. Yeah,
2: they got innovative. Yeah, for exactly. sure. Exactly. And so that's Mini-native. where
3: I do think that there's a, a <clears throat> solid difference. Ruben went on to say, aside from physical collectibles, you know, trading cards specifically driving 99% of the business, we believe digital product, products will have more value and utility when connected to physical collectibles to create the best experience for collectors. So he does agree with that statement as far as like, Get something involved where this has some association with the physical side of things. The the thing that I think that everybody needs to do, and Panini's already doing this to some extent, is some utility. There just needs to be a utility, whether that is to get a physical card or, or the tickets. I they're doing that game tickets or yeah, yeah. whatever the case may be. Just involve that more, and you have a a market to somebody. So that's my overall thought. Is that the NFT, they're, they're probably right to get out of that if they're not worth, let's be honest, after a few things that have gone on with some tops cards uh, as of recently, as far as packs and things like that, they need to focus more on getting those packs right than worrying about candy stuff.
2: Yeah. The other thing, we'll, we'll dig into this story more. I, I mean, we're kind of running long here. Um 2022 bowman draft it looks like there's some missing autos that's kind of what i was alluding to yeah, yeah. and then even with triple threads like the bobby witts do me a favor do car- a card letter search right now uh card letter and ebay bobby witt triple threads that's all i want you to put in
3: i'll do the sale the sales history will pull <clears throat> ebay
2: but ebay would show you active listings that's why i was curious oh, okay. about that so just so do both. bobby witt triple threads triple threads. that's it yeah it looks like i mean he's on the checklist there are marketing uh, there's pictures on the marketing sheets that went out I don't, as of yesterday, at least, none of these cards had seen the market. Same thing with Bowman draft, Ramiro for the Red Sox. It's specifically the auto though, right? The auto. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Um, So it's kind of weird. It looks like we have some and Mikey Ramiro, the uh, infielder for the Red Sox. His draft autos are coming out, but I I don't know if he's just a crazy SP or if they were kind of left off. We got a message and got tipped off to the story on Facebook. Uh, I'll follow up more on this because I do want to get a little more data. Um, But yes, there's nothing yeah it's just kind of weird like a missing name of especially wit like that's a huge name in triple threads
3: yeah uh, a guy put together I don't know. A, a report about the the draft uh the bowman draft product it potentially is
2: thousands of, of like, missing guards potentially
3: he, he, yeah he's he speculates that eighteen thousand plus cards autos specifically we need are to missing dig into that, that product. More a
2: little bit because I, I do want to kind of follow up on that but yeah. I mean, I, you know, it's like anything else. So you have a new player coming in, you buy a company like tops and and there's a ton of work. I just think it's a lot to you know, a lot to take over as fanatics comes in. So yeah, uh, we'll see. We'll see what else kind of happens with that. And we'll follow up on this a little bit more on Thursday's episode Um, quickly too, some new releases, Uh national Tre- I'm just going to hit these really fast. Yeah. So we can keep moving national treasures, baseball, especially this one, you've heard me talk about this for a couple of weeks now. I think me and Eddie now have 10 cases combined between us. I love the product. Uh, everybody's in it for autos. I think it's a great product. NT is a good product, anyways, because they always have the vets. Mm-hmm. But the fact that this year you have rookie autos of Julio Wander, Torkelson, Witt, Michael Harris snuck in. The only big name from the rookies that's excluded is Jeremy Pena. Uh, but Spencer Strider, all the O'Neill Cruz, all the other guys are in it. Uh, it's running about six hundred bucks a box, roughly. I love it as a break product too. Uh, personals, I don't love. What do you m- view it as for the price, though? Yeah, good for, for breaks. This is an A product to me. Okay, for breaks. Because I think you'll see guys, this is one of the few, you'll see guys actually break cases and like rip open cases and do single box PYTs or one or two box randoms to keep the price manageable. It's a little less than last year's product, 2021. which is As it dries up, I think you're going to see it way overtake that because it should. The checklist and the autos are way better this year. So, yeah, I really like that. Uh, 2022-23 Panini Hoops Basketball. I think this is the first product with… Uh, Blanchero and all these other guys in their, in their pro uniforms. I just don't know about price. Is it like 120 bucks a box?
3: Uh, I'm sorry. I'll
2: have it one second.
3: Yep. Hoops product is currently selling at $129, $130.
2: I, I mean, here's the only issue aside from Blanchero. I don't know who else you're chasing in the rookie class sure. on He's unbelievable. By the way, I, I just, I think it's a very weak class today. If you tell me in a year, it's unbelievable. Fine. But yeah. right now I'm just very underwhelmed. So to me. I think me, him and that Benedict
3: <laughs> Mansurin guy are the, really the yeah. only two that people seem to and care he much have about. have a
2: whole lot of a market. So my thing is with this product is I don't love it today. It, maybe wait and see what the pricing does. And if it comes way down, I think that's going to be the case with basketball all year though. Uh, to me, I'm just going to focus on vet heavy stuff because I'm not overly impressed with the NBA rookie class this year. So okay. eh. now 2022 tops up uh, tops, 2022 Panini Spectra football. Here's my big question. I don't know if you saw images of this stuff or anything else yet. Have you seen your boy in it? That is really the deciding factor for me. Is Brock in the product? Oh, that's a
3: good question. Oh, we didn't even look into this before.
2: No, because originally our contact at Panini had mentioned he's going to make his autograph appearance, like his RPA appearance, in a later product this year. But I don't think it's going to be Spectra. Um, just to look back real quick, because I did text this guy a couple weeks ago, I was like, hey, when is this happening? And it was. Uh, first football pro RPA will either be NT select or encased. He didn't even mention Spectre. So I'm guessing, and I don't see any images now, having said that, does that mean he'll at least have some sticker autographs and some numbered cards? Maybe. Um, again. An, yeah. Cause here's where I'm at with Spectre. I think it's a good, I think it's a good product. I don't know that I'm going to go. Well, give me the pricing. Actually. That's probably more, more important.
3: Yeah. So pricing I a, forgot how to
2: speak the last three minutes. I apologize. On
3: a hobby box of Spectra. 600? 900. 900. Man. Give
2: me the box breakdown if you would.
3: Four autos, four memorabilia, seven base or parallels, and then one insert. 900 That's bucks? Do you have 20- 16 20. cards per box. I'm
2: trying to find the... Okay, so, I mean, to put in perspective, 2021, you're talking 12 to 13 hundred. So it's way, way cheaper than that. It also is loaded with vet stuff, which I like. I mean, that's a good thing. I don't know that you can touch a stuff, purse. Again, this to me is probably one. If it doesn't have a Brock in there, the rookies. I mean, Kenny will sell pretty yeah. well. You know, Desmond Ritter played good yesterday, but he's certainly not like selling through the roof or anything like that. I don't think anyone cares about Malik. Well, oh, well, no. don't. Yeah. So that's the thing. It's You've got to really, really be chasing big time vet stuff, which there is some nice vet stuff in here. I mean, I see Josh Allen, Randy Moss has a bunch of like nice dual autos. <sighs> yeah. Uh, I would say as a personal rip, I wouldn't touch it at all. Okay. Box break though. So would you say it was six, uh, 800 a box? 900. 900. So, I mean, just going roughly random teams is going to cost you 30 bucks a spot. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I'm buying into full cases of this. I think it's too, ex- but one, two bucks, randoms, PYTs. I also wonder. This is like full, what Blowout has the pricing
3: at. I wonder if other people would have this any different as we get closer. So
2: maybe a little bit cheaper. But again, if if you're gonna mess with this stuff, I, that's kind of how I would do it. Then get into it one and two boxes at a time. Then it's a manageable price. Okay. Because even as a break, as a full case, I think it's. I just think it's too much. So, okay. um, yeah. I anyway, know that's kind of where I'm at with it. So, um, hopefully, as
3: soon as we hear something back from, I think we've got a meeting with Penny tomorrow, so we can ask them to. More specifically, if they have an idea for when Purdy stuff comes out, um, we can address that Thursday.
2: That could end up being, like, unbelievably perfect timing. His first RPAs just happened to come out during the playoff run. That'd be pretty cool. Oh, my God. So.
3: Um, all right. That leaves us mailbag?
2: Yeah, let's hit mailbag, and then we'll uh, get out of here. Mailbag! Two long episodes in a row. I didn't hate it. This did not feel forced to me. No, it doesn't feel and forced. We, and got we got had little, to cut some stuff, too. Yeah, we've got a little Gary V thing we're going to mention on Thursday's pod. We've got a little bit more of the report for the missing stuff for Tops we'll hit on, so. Oh, uh, it'd be a total waste of a show on Thursday. No, not like all the other ones though. Right. Am right. I right. And you know, it's nice. We don't have a ton of uh, questions anyways here.
3: Boom, bam. What, is like um, five. Our, our first question comes from Nat Thorpe. Do you, can you at least address what this means? Where are the turtles? What does that mean?
2: I don't know. I just thought it was funny. I used to play that clip. Oh uh, no. Where are the turtles? I'm sorry. From the office. The gift baskets. They give it to a lawyer. Oh,
3: that's what that meant. Okay. I was like, I I got lost when all that happened. Um, All right. Let's go into the first real question then. Uh, Christopher Shoemaker. He says, I believe people have mistakenly read the name of this group to mean place to call out things you believe to be nonsense, as opposed to the nonsense between Mike and Jesse. Which is it? uh, I'm sorry. Which is what I believe was the original intent do you care to elaborate? It's a little bit of both. I, I it has I, changed. It definitely was not that. I don't think that was what it was when we
2: first started, right? Here's the deal. We're closing in on 51,000 members. It's yeah, a, at it's this point, public, they tell us what it is. It's a public group. There are plenty of people who just want to come in there and whine and complain. There was a post today, but everything's toxic. Dude, it's social media. Like, I enjoy what you like about cards. When you see dumb things, just scroll past it. I don't know why that's such an issue with things, but- uh, I don't know. I think the group is a great sounding board, too. You have that many people who are involved in the hobby. Like there's some posts that come up and we'll see fifteen or twenty of the same posts. um you know, or we'll ask about specific products. What's the feel of this product? And we'll get three hundred comments in an hour. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great place for that to kind of get an overall, you know, hey, what does the hobby think about x? well, I, I,
3: I actually am pro the idea of using the nonsense term in the sense that it's not negative in every case. Like I would have thought like, oh, well that's nonsense, which means bad. But a lot of these guys are saying like, how crazy is this? Like, oh, that's completely nonsense. I just pulled this yeah. one-to-one or whatever the case may be. So call it, use it. However you want is what I think. Yep. Um, Denton had a question. He says, if Brady and Rogers hang them up with what, is that the greatest class of all time in five years in Canton.
2: Okay. So I had to look this up cause I wasn't super sure. Like th- he's saying the greatest indi- induction class of all yes. time. I mean, looking back just briefly, if you just Google it, I mean, Dan Marino and Steve Young went in together, Barry Sanders and Elway went in together. Uh, 2006 had Troy Aikman, John Madden, Warren moon, Reggie white. Pretty good. Um, uh, just to go, but this was kind of the consensus. like top three classes of all time, Number one was 1971. You had Jim Brown, Vince Lombardi, Y.A. Tittle. Pretty good. I would argue the second greatest football player of all time in Jim Brown. The second greatest coach of all time, Vince Lombardi. Y.A. Tittle, a lot of guys would tell you, was just as good as anybody who ever played. I mean, does it rival that? <sighs> Maybe. Um, the second best of all time, according to this list, was Emmett Smith, Jerry Rice, and John Randall. Again, pretty good class. Greatest receiver of all time. He kind of mirrors Brady. Emmett uh, Emmett Smith, a top three running back, I guess. So probably greater all time in his category than Rodgers. And then John Randall, I guess not quite as good as J.J. Watt, but close. So that one's pretty tough. Um, I guess you can make an argument, but I don't think those guys are retiring anyway. So I don't think it matters, but it would be interesting if they did. Uh, Joseph Michael Harris once now would
3: you rather not be able to collect cards ever again or not be able to watch football ever again
2: I think I know the answer to this what do you think I'm going to say cuz it's not even a question watch football
3: correct I think you would you you could give up collecting cards once Brady's done yep I think
2: <laughs> I don't want to but I could um at the end of the day you've said that multiple times I'll still watch I enjoy other other teams now but not not like the past. like I watch every Bucks game I could just see you going back to the Patriots though, like that would be. A, oh, I will for sure. Because like I've seen Max since day one. I like the coach. I still mm-hmm. like some def- Although the defensive players like McCordy, I grew up loving, is gone. Slater's probably gone. But yeah. Anyways.
3: Uh, Joseph has a secondary question, which for a three name guy is usually uh, unprecedented. But we'll. I don't like
2: it. that we answered one. <laughs> if
3: money wasn't an issue, what's the first thing you would fix in the card world? Interesting.
2: I i be I'll be honest. I don't know.
3: We've had this question at least something similar. And I'm always trying to think of like a different take on this. Look, Actually, I did have a take. You take it. The idea that we are seeing errors in production and cards oh. coming out is just it shouldn't happen. And I think that either means we need more uh just more bodies yeah, out more there, curiosity. or yeah, or just more people handling this thing from a top down approach. Just like make sure everybody. Has everything in line, so that and that just means more and better employment.
2: That's yeah, that's a good answer, actually. Yeah, I think to me it'd be yeah similar with product, like work out clear distribution lines, and you know because money's not an issue, so resale's not an issue, so have everybody get accessible product without flooding the market.
3: Yeah. Um, Let's see, Casey Lee. If you couldn't get a player's rookie card sign for whatever reason, what would you
2: consider or look for in an alternative card? So not a rookie. I would just go then with, with a, low, a super low numbered card. Oh, just low numbered. Yeah. Like for me, a matter of fact, I, I dealt with this. This happened right before Bill Russell died. When I came back, I was going to send off a Russell card. I had the Koozie rookie I was going to send. I didn't have a Russell rookie to send, but I had his second year prism gold refractor. Oh, I was okay. like, oh, I'm going to send him this card yeah. to sign. I thought, so if, and if that's the case, if you're not going to do a rookie, find a super low-numbered card or an awesome patch card or something just super unique. At that point, does it even
3: matter if it's like a second-year?
2: like a, Say it's a second-year
3: Prism card, but it's not a numbered or auto or anything like that. Nobody
2: – Oh, it makes the, a huge difference. A base card signed is not worth anywhere near like that gold card.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Okay, so you would – There's no reason to get a second-year card that's not numbered or
2: autoed. If you don't have one of those, he's saying send it off to get autographed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, If your only option is a second-year base, it's still an autographed card. Send it off. Better than nothing. Sure. Yeah, I would say if you can, go more exclusive, more low-numbered. Yep. Justin Durant feels like tons of
3: people have jumped on the wax boarding train. He meant hoarding. Oh, okay. I was. I think, yeah. All right. How do you think this affects the singles market through 2023 if this trend continues? Also, Bengals over Niners.
2: Not a terrible take. That's your take, right? I did say that. Yep. Um, But again, that was my heart saying it. I haven't. Here's the thing. I think you do have people that hoard products still. And and I say hoard. Some guys sit on cases because they want to see if it spikes. I don't think it's done in enough volume to impact the scarcity of cases ever. There's so much being produced now. It's not like the top 50 breakers and shops in the country are saying, you know what? Let's just hold this product and keep it sealed. If that were the case, singles would be incredibly tough to find. The market would spike. Some guys hold it, but not enough to to really affect it. So I
3: I had a question that was meant kind of with Chris in mind. This will be our last one. Okay. The whole idea of investing in Luca is because it's hard because he's so high as is would you just go after his prism box like a box of prism from 2018 and now i did a little looking <sighs> into it a it? box of prism sells for about 2,500 3,300 3,300 say the the following year is 2019 zion jaw yeah. uh, would be 2000? 1650 so oh, i'd rather have two of those half than one. of that yeah, i'd rather have two than one okay because yeah because i was going back through and looking at the the rest of the 2018 class well, you got trey you he's got, a monster and but that other than Trey and Luca, there's not anybody who's just jumping out.
2: Who else is? I'm trying to think. Who else is even in so, there? So
3: DeAndre Ayton, no. Marvin Bagley, no. Jaren Jackson, no. Mo Bam, okay, Bamba, so, so yeah. nobody. Okay.
2: Uh, yeah. yeah uh, there, whereas with 2019, oh, SGA is in there. Oh, but is that worth more than? 20? Oh, and Michael Porter Jr. Yeah, more than double though. That's Zion, Ja, yeah. Tyler Hero. I'm missing some 18 guys. I mean, RJ Barrett's still a good player. But I mean,
3: Luca is like, but how Luke many is, times
2: I mean, it? Yeah. I take it back. If I was going to keep one sealed long term, I'd take 118 over 219s.
3: You would. That's yeah, okay, Luke, what I was thinking. Luca,
2: Luke. Trey, Luca, because again, standalone number one. Trey, even though he's down right now, has shown that potential. And then SGA, that's a weird little X factor there.
3: I do like that one. My thought is if I am going to take a more what, uh, aggressive
2: investment, mm-hmm.
3: I would do the the Luca year if I'm going to try and be a more conservative investor. I would take the the Zion year just because, if like you said, Luca hasn't won a championship or anything. If all of a sudden that market well, falls, none of those guys. Yeah, well, but 2018-19 doesn't that have a few? Or I'm sorry, 2018 doesn't. No, I was right. 2019 Zion. Other than Zion. There were a few ja. other investments.
2: Ja oh, just jaw. Tyler hero. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the other one. That's actually interesting. 20. I, I changed my answer completely. I dig oh. 2017, 1400 bucks a box. Tatum Mitchell, uh, De'Aaron Fox, bam. I'll go 2017 for 1400, 1400. Interesting. I would take, okay. I would take two and pocket the other, what's that? 2800 pocket. The other 500 bucks. Okay. Yep. That's my guess. I mean, actually now that I'm seeing that not even close, I would take that. Interesting. I might go buy one of those just for fun. I'm going to yeah. see, I'm actually going to make a post and see if I can buy one box of a somewhere for a thousand bucks today. 2017. two thousand seventeen. Mm-hmm. Okay. Prism hobby. My one fear is Tatum might be a redemption for autos, but I don't really care. I'm not chasing that product for autos. I'm going to make a post and see if I can buy one box of
3: 2018 for a thousand bucks.
2: Both making posts. <laughs> there you go. That's your second show in a row. It's been a little lengthy. I didn't mind it. Seemed like it flowed pretty well. I'm just nervous. We're
3: like, it says we have 16 minutes left of recording time on this oh, so ship. This so, save. Good. no, it'll save.
2: Just how much of it? Who knows? All right. We have to go. <laughs> Mike, Jesse. Yeah. I don't yes. know why I said that. Sports Cars yes, <laughs> brought to you by the Ringer Podcast Network. No guest on Thursday. Uh, I don't know if that's true. Doesn't matter. Powered by Spotify. We'll be back on Thursday with or without a guest. We will be here. Goodbye.
3: Bye.